from downstairs. Um, <clears throat> the carpets are very expensive. The chairs are very expensive. And, you know, sometimes accidents happen. Nobody means to do it. They're just accidents. But in order to stop the accident or stop the damage that an accident can cause, we would just rather uh, do it out there where it can be cleaned properly, okay? Um, this is the house of God, amen. We just want to keep it nice and tidy, amen. Um, also, we are going to be having potluck next week. Um, so bring a dish, amen. Uh, it's going to be right after service. And we are also going to have leadership May 15th, or April, sorry, April 15th. We are also going to have a business meeting that same morning. So business meeting will be at 10 o'clock. And uh, the leadership will be at 2 p.m., I believe, 12. <clears throat> I'm glad I have her. <laughs> I'd have you guys all messed up, man. It's, it's like time change. Gets... Hey, easy. <laughs> all right, all right. Less hair, you know, bigger tummy. Getting old. Amen. Uh, isn't God good? Amen. Amen. Uh, Genesis chapter 25, verse 32 through 34. Uh, very familiar story. <clears throat> and I like the direction that we've been going this whole week. We talked about repentance on Friday night. Uh, we talked about repentance this morning. And we're going to kind of touch on it a little bit um, uh, this morning as well. It says, and Esau said, behold, or look, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me or for me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swear unto him. And Esau sold his birthright unto Jacob. It wasn't of much value to him. He lost focus, or I could actually go beyond that and say he probably never had focus. He didn't value the things of God. Verse 34 says, And then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink. And then the Bible says he rose up and he went his way. His way. Not God's way, his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And then in verse 38, it says this. It says, And Esau said unto his father, after he was deceived by his brother and his mother, Jacob had already, I'm sorry, Isaac had already given away the birthright to Jacob. Esau was hunting. He came home. It was already done. And he found out what his brother Jacob had done. And Esau said to his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? And then he said, Bless me. 
even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. He wept. His priority was not relationship. His priority was blessing. It was only what he could get from God to profit his life. Mm. And we'll touch on that at the end of this if you just stay with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today, Lord. You're such an awesome God and thank you for the outpouring of your spirit today. Thank you for the touch and move of your spirit on your people, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. If I could put a title on this, I would just entitle it, Don't Settle for Less. Don't settle for less. One of the most exhilarating experiences in my life was the time when God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In my life, that is an experience, that was a night that I will never forget. Thinking back in our lifetime, our individual lifetime, yours and mine, there was a time where everyone, I told you about my experience, but every one of us has encountered a memorable experience something that happened in life. But for me, and I've encountered many of them, the greatest experience in my life was when God entered in to my life and he changed me, he transformed me. When God did this for me, it was beyond compare. I cannot compare that to anything. Now, there were great things that I have experienced, many wonderful things in my life that I have experienced that brought me great joy and great excitement. For instance, the birth of my, my daughter. I remember when my daughter was born, and it was so gratifying, and it was so wonderful, praise God. I remember when uh, Layla, we put her on a roller coaster, Praise God, one of the little roller coasters. And I, I remember when she went to the peak, amen, and she was just getting ready to fall and she was, she was happy and she was excited and she was probably two years old, maybe three years old. And she was so happy to that point and right when she got to the peak, she dropped and she lost all her wind and she was like, <clears throat> you ever do that? And then she hit the bottom and she just rode and she just, yes, I want to do it again, Grandpa, I want to do it again. 
It's an experience that I never forget, and I'm sure Layla will never forget it as well. Or maybe it was your first date. Maybe when you first met your wife, amen, and uh, you went out and you put on the best clothes and you brushed your teeth and you combed your hair or whatever hair we have. I can speak to a couple of people here that, amen, don't have as much or a little bit less, amen. But the point is, when I stepped into an apostolic church and submitted myself to the spirit of the living God, there was no other experience like that. It was beyond compare, praise God. God had done something to this old boy. When God touched me that night and I submitted myself to the power of God, it was a wonderful experience. It was stepping into this apostolic dimension beyond compare to anything that the world can give, amen. And I've experienced some wonderful things, but the presence of God in my life, that life-altering experience can never be taken away from me. You can't tell me that God isn't real. Yes, yes, yes. You can't tell me that I didn't experience something wonderful and dynamic that night at that apostolic altar. But I had to give. I had to give of myself in order for that to happen. I can only imagine Peter and the others that were there in Jerusalem on that wonderful day of Pentecost that we read about in Acts chapter 2, praise God. And this is when God poured out His Spirit, praise God. They must have been so excited as they shared this new and wonderful experience. In fact, everyone that was there that witnessed this wonderful blessing 2,000 years ago probably felt the same way, amen. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with all in one accord and in one place, and suddenly, that's what happened to me, it was sudden, praise God, where God shined his light down upon me. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And the Bible says it filled all the house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues like as a fire and it sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, the church is the, still the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. The experience that they experienced that day is the same experience that we experience today. God's body doesn't change, amen. His experience doesn't change. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost doesn't change. 
You see, this was the spiritual manifestation that God had explained to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 6. Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And then he says, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. But the people did marvel. And they were amazed at this experience when it happened. He goes on to tell Nicodemus, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and you can hear the sound thereof. Because it came in as a rushing mighty wind, praise God, when they experienced this on the day of Pentecost, and Jesus was telling Nicodemus, this is what's going to happen, Nicodemus. Prepare yourself so when it happens, when it's manifested, you won't be taken back, amen. You're going to marvel, yes, because this is a supernatural experience. Something that God had promised. When God robed himself in flesh, he came down personally to tell his people, amen, that this is what's going to happen. Don't alter your experience. Don't settle for less. It's not going to come in any other form. It's wonderful to have a personal relationship with God. That's awesome. That's wonderful. But that's the first step, amen. There's more for you, amen. Don't settle for less. God has so much more for us. He goes on to tell him, but you can't tell where it's coming, where it's going. So is everybody. Every, everyone say, that's you. Everyone say, that's me. Everyone that is born of the Spirit. And again, in John chapter 7, in verse 37 and 38, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, amen. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said. Everyone say, as the word of God says. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what the world says. As long as it's thus saith the word of God. That's the foundation that we follow. If any man thirst come unto me and drink, he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly, amen, shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus had not went to the cross. He was not buried. He did not raise again. But when he did, amen, he would say, and back the Holy Ghost to fill every believer that repented and believed God. What was the crowd's response when this happened? And now this, the, now when this spiritual manifestation of God's Spirit was poured, praise God, Jesus poured out the, the way Jesus described it would be in the book of John, praise God. It was noised abroad, praise God. And the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak 
in their own language and they were amazed and they were and, and they were confounded at what was happening, praise God. And they marveled, saying one to another, Behold, aren't these not all Galileans? Let me say this, my friend. Not everybody is going to respond in a positive way to the Holy Ghost outpouring. But those that do and those that did understood that they could not settle for less. It was something that was prophesied, praise God, not only by the prophets, but it was also prophesied by Jesus himself. He said, there will be a day when the outpouring will come, amen, and you will recognize it. You might not understand it, but that doesn't change the truth of his word. Praise God. Come on, friend. There's something to this way of life. It's not comparable to anything in this world. It's not comparable to anything that this world has to offer, praise God. This world and its ideas, amen, can only get you so far, amen. It can only offer you so much. And sooner or later, you're going to come to a place in life when you're going to be running on empty. You're going to strive. You're going to try to fill, amen, your vessel, amen, with thoughts and ideas and things of the world, amen. But you're going to run away empty, amen, because temporary things cannot fill the eternal void that God has created inside of you. It will never fill the void, amen. That's why Jesus said in our previous scripture, any man that thirst, all you have to do is repent and go after him. Believe what the word of God says. You see, it's so easy in our world, and our world will say, you, you don't have to live for God like that. It's so easy to settle for so much less than what God has for you because receiving something greater in our world takes work and investment, praise God. But God is worthy of the investment, amen. The rewards that God has for us is so much greater. It's so much greater. If a person wants to be smarter, he has to study, praise God. He has to go to college and he has to study harder. If a person wants bigger muscles, he has to go to the gym. He has to work harder. If a person settles for anything less, they're not going to get the full benefits that Jesus has for them. Come on, friend. Don't settle for less. Don't live for Jesus halfway. Give him everything you got. He deserves it, praise God. He deserves everything. We need to lay down our life. I just want to be transparent with you this morning. To be transparent means to share thoughts and opinions honestly and respectfully. 
Transparency is the approach to communicating or forming relationships. The only way our, our relationship can be, can be true and real, amen, is if we're transparent with each other. I want to be real with you. And in saying that, I'm not, I'm not always excited when I hear the alarm clock go off at 5 o'clock in the morning. That's the truth. I like my warm covers. I like to get underneath there and sometimes. Sometimes I'll climb back in bed and it's, that's worse. When I get out, I, I, I should just stay out. But I'm being transparent with you. But I, I have to remind myself the reason why I pull myself out of bed, amen, is if, if I don't go to work, amen, I'm not going to get paid, praise God. And I want to get paid, so I must get to the point where I'm driven. I have to push myself. And when the church is driven, she doesn't wait to be qualified by human standards, praise God. If there is a goal to be accomplished, amen, she must always be ready for the task ahead. You don't need somebody to tell you, hey, go teach a Bible study. Hey, go witness to somebody. Hey, go do something around the church, amen. Hey, go tell someone some words of encouragement. We must always be ready. The church must recognize who she is. That's you and that's me. And when she does, she goes out and she does it. She just does it, amen. Here's the point. The point is this. God has a task for everybody. Everyone say everybody. And when God gives you a thought, praise God, when God plants an idea in your mind to do something great in the kingdom of God, it's for the purpose of being beneficial toward somebody else. And when God gives you something, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's mowing the lawn, Brother Brad. I don't care if it's cleaning the church, Sister Carla. I don't care what it is. You need to be passionate about it. This is something that God has given you, praise God. And if God allows me to work in his kingdom, I want to be passionate about it. I don't want to sell out to God for a, for a bowl of beans, praise God. I don't want to have the Esau mentality. I don't want to settle for less, praise God. I refuse to settle for less, amen. And so the church, amen, must be driven. Everyone say driven, driven to fulfill the purpose that God has given us. The Bible says in Acts 32, and the multitude of them that believed, watch this, were of one heart. That's the heartbeat of God. It wasn't their heart, but it, in a way it was, but it was one heart. They were in the body. They had the same heartbeat. And one soul, neither said any of them that ought of these things which he or she possessed was his own. 
Could that preach, Brother George? But they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we work together, amen, when we are unified together, praise God, when we are passionate together, amen, for kingdom things, amen, the world recognizes, well, look at that church. That's an awesome church. Other churches recognize it. Well, look at Eastgate Pentecostals of Camas. That's an awesome church. They have a mind to work together. They love each other. They're passionate about each other and about the things of God. Mm. And with great power gave you the apostles to be witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace, which is great power, godly power was upon all of them, each of them. The apostolic church, amen, hear me, must be ready to seek and save the lost, amen. Wherever God has you working, amen. My friend, it's gonna be profitable. Yes, we don't do it for the blessing, amen. Yes, we do it because relationship, but with relationship, you have blessings, praise God. With only blessing, you're void of relationship. We understand through faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God, that so things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 through 17. This is amazing. It says the writer of Hebrews encouraged the church to make straight paths for your feet, lest which any lame be turned out of the way from being healed. In other words, if we walk crooked, if we don't allow them to see the goodness of God, if we're not in unity, amen, it can cause somebody to stumble, it could cause someone with crooked feet never to be healed, never able to walk straight. And then he says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And then he says, looking diligently lest any man fail the power of God, the grace of God, the favor of God, God's will, God's purpose for our lives. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, hinder you, stop you, and thereby many be, whereby many be defiled. And then he transitions into this story of where we first started. He said, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as he saw. See, it wasn't about relationship. 
I'll say it again. Living a lifestyle contrary to God can never be about relationship. Coming to church in the house of God and seeking for blessings is never about relationship. As Esau, who for one morsel of bread sold his birthright, Esau sold his blessing to satisfy his flesh. To satisfy his flesh. That's all, that's his, that was his intent. To fill his belly. To satisfy his desire, his craving. For you know how that afterwards, when Esau would have inherited, he would have inherited the blessing. He was rejected. Why? For he found no place of repentance. Well, I thought God loved people. I thought God forgives everyone. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it. Everyone say it. He sought it. What is the it that he was carefully crying to God about? It's simple. It was the blessing. He wept bitterly. Don't you have a blessing for me? And his daddy couldn't give him a blessing. It was never about relationship in Esau's eyes. It was always about personal gain. It was the blessing that he sought Carefully, with tears. And God said, there's no way that I am going to give you the opportunity to have something that you are going to squander. All right. All right. Hear it. Don't settle for less like Esau did. When Esau sold his birthright, he sought it carefully with tears. The it was only the blessing that Esau wanted. It was what he wanted to, to personally lift him up. He wasn't concerned about God. In fact, Esau's lifestyle was always running after ungodly women. He was a hunter of the field. That tells me that he was a man after flesh, praise God. That's what he was, praise God. And God knew it, amen. And God says, no, 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 praise God. No, you are not, amen. You are not going to be forgiven, amen, until you learn how to submit yourself and come to the throne of grace and repent, turn away, turn around. Greek word for 
repentance is metanoia, which means to change direction, turn around. But the Hebrew word for repentance is to burn the place down. Why would God want you to burn it down so you can't go back and live in that structure again? It is burnt down, praise God. He doesn't want you to repent from him. He wants you to repent from the world. Because the opportunity to repent from him is always there. It's always there. Therefore, in closing, there was no place for restoration of Esau's spiritual condition. The it had nothing to do with God forgiving Esau. Instead, the it factor had everything to do with materialism and personal gain. As we stand this morning. You have the most valuable gift that could ever given, be given to mankind. That is the Spirit of God that lives and moves and breathes inside of you. It is literally the breath of God. When God blew into the nostrils of Adam, and on the day of Pentecost, as of a rushing mighty, They were dead. They didn't realize, but they were spiritually dead. And God in his love and his mercy knew that there was no help for them through man's means. So God had to come down in the form of a man to be sacrificed. To shed his blood. To give up the ghost on that old rugged cross. Sister Christine, he gave up the ghost because he saw that I needed the ghost. And when he gave it up, he blew it into me. And suddenly, as of a rushing mighty wind, it filled this house. And I began to speak in another language. As Jesus had prophesied to Nicodemus, the wind bloweth where it listeth. But you don't know where it comes from and you don't know where it's going. So is everybody that is born. Many will reject it. And, and some in the world's standards will receive it. You 
come too late to tell me this isn't real. You come too late to tell me that the Holy Ghost experience isn't for 2023. God is alive and God is breathing within me. I have the breath of God inside of me. If you have the breath of God inside of you, why don't you lift your hands as you're approaching this altar and thank Him for His goodness and His mercy. Thank you, Jesus.